Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thank you for tuning into the Nun Report and happy Mexican Appropriation Day. I wanted to just remind everybody to support your local Mexican establishments. Go eat some tacos, drink some tequila, do some partying at Cinco de Mayo, and uh, I just want to stress that I, I, I don't take this lightly. It's a fun holiday. It, we can come together with our Mexican brothers and sisters, of which there are many great ones. And um, I wanted to uh, start off today by, we're going to cover a couple of things. We're going to, of course, because it is Mexican Appropriation Day, we want to take a look at the border. We want to update and always focus on what's going on down there because it's only going to get worse once Title 42 expires. Hopefully they figure out a way that it doesn't. That's the only thing that's held things in check from a complete and total meltdown at the border with millions of people, not so much Mexicans, but people that have traveled through Mexico from other countries in South America, even from China and from uh, the Middle East and different areas of the world that we don't even know about. I mean, they're just coming in by the hundreds and hundreds of thousands every single month. And that's only, they're, they're over, estimates have up to seven, between 700,000 and a million illegals sitting on the southern side of the border waiting to come across once Title 42 expires on May 11th. That's uh, that's a week away. So a week from today, we can look forward to a massive flood of illegals coming across the southern border. Happens to be, it's funny how we're we're defending the Ukraine border, but we won't defend our own border. We're sending our, our money and our troops over there, but we won't take care of our own. Um, Anyway, Throughout today's show, in, in honor of Mexican Appropriation Day, I do have a fine bottle of tequila. Now, I'm not I'm not the kind of guy who likes to shoot tequila. I don't I don't get hammered. I don't throw down shot after shot of tequila. But I do enjoy a good sipping tequila. This is uh, Huradura Legend. It, it's a good uh, upper upper middle to upper range tequila. I wouldn't call it the cream cream of the crop. I would I would call it something that's close. It's definitely not something you want to shoot. But um, anyway, I'm going to just drop a little bit here in a glass, just a finger or two in my small special glass. And throughout today's episode, in honor of uh, Mexican Appropriation Day, I'm going to take a sip here and there. We'll start off with one right now. Okay. Moving right along. Let's uh, take a look at what is going on. We're going to talk about, uh, like I said, we're going to uh, do a quick update on the border. A couple of things. I, I covered it on the show a lot yesterday. I'm going to do a quick little update. We're going to talk about the Proud Boys uh, conviction, or should I say uh, political uh, imprisonment, because that's what it is. They are heading down a road very methodically and very uh, particularly to end with the indictment of Donald Trump for sedition. And I'm going to walk through that. There's a lot of, more and more people are starting to come to that conclusion. And I think that it is, uh, it's a reasonable conclusion. I'm going to touch base on why they hate Trump so much. And we're going to take a look, of course, at the uh, trans activism lunacy and the uh, abusive nature of that. And it's also Fan Mail Friday. So we're going to take a look at that as well. But you need to, I mean, consider this. You have down there on the southern border literally hundreds, nearly a million people ready to come across. They have caravans that are already starting out down uh, in Panama. They're coming up. All right. This is in Del Rio. This is 
this is these are the buses up up here that are getting ready to spread these migrants as they're coming across the border because they know they're coming, so they can't they can't just leave them all here. They're going to have a massive human disaster. These buses are full of migrants that just left from uh, Panama, Darien, Panama. And this guy documented it. There's over 11 buses that left, and they're just, these are full, full of illegals coming from all over the world, coming into a town near you soon. You have this. This is also, uh, these are buses that came out of uh, Costa Rica, coming through Darien, and they are uh, close to a million migrants are preparing to cross the border as Title 42 expires. Who is paying for these buses? We talked about that big time yesterday. I believe that it's very possible your tax dollars are paying through it to, through uh, non-governmental organizations. And so we're basically paying for this country's population to be replaced so far to date. I've said it before over and over. I'm going to continue to say it. Nearly 4% of the U.S. population has been replaced just since Biden took office. That could be upwards of 15% if he makes it another term. Here's an El Paso right now. This is El Paso, Texas, in the United States. This is what's going on under uh, our secure border here, our southern border into Mexico. That's good stuff. This goes on and on. Yeah, El Paso has been taken over. They've declared a state of emergency. And wow, this this sombrero, man, I tell you, it's you got to get used to wearing this thing because you will run into stuff that you didn't even know you were getting that close to. I hope that uh, maybe the mic is putting stuff up okay because I'm off the mic a little bit. Anyway, uh, Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland, if you want to call him that, he is the guy who thought he was going to spend the rest of his life as a Supreme Court justice. He's still pissed off about that, and he's taking it out on conservatives every chance he can. His main goal, of course, is to get rid of Donald Trump so that he can't run again. And toward that goal, they have found the Proud Boys to be guilty of sedition. They're going to prison for a, a lengthy stay, I would guess. Um, I would hope that if and when, I should say when, Trump takes office again, that he would provide pardons to some of these people that were railroaded, or at the very least, new and fair trials where all of the evidence could be presented. I think that'd be a good middle ground, right? Instead of just giving them pardons and, and or alternatively leaving them in jail, how about we give them brand new fair trials and get all of the evidence in there, get it out of Washington, D.C., because any trial that's held in Washington, D.C. is going to be extremely slanted to the left. They're politically motivated, of course. They're politically motivated judges, jurors, and attorneys. So why we're even having uh, trials of this level there, I have no idea. But Merrick Garland had this to say in just, well, only the way that he can say it. And now, after three trials, we have secured the convictions of leaders of both the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers for seditious conspiracy specifically conspiring to oppose by force the lawful transfer of presidential power. Our work will continue. At my Senate confirmation hearing just over a month after January 6th, I promised that the Justice Department would do everything in its power to hold accountable those responsible 
for the heinous attack that sought to disrupt a cornerstone of our democracy, the peaceful transfer of power to a newly elected government. And uh, as I have said repeatedly, the department will conduct all of its work in a manner that adheres to the rule of law and honors our obligations to protect the civil rights and civil liberties of everyone in this country. Today's verdict is another example of our steadfast commitment to keeping those promises. The Justice Department will never stop working to defend the democracy to which all Americans are entitled. Oh, good Lord. I mean, that one deserves a Clint, dude. Clint, what do you think? What a load of shit. Yeah. Thanks, Clint, man. I mean, really, uh, notice he said that and our efforts will continue. So this just, they just got the seditious conspiracy uh, charges or, or conviction against some of the Proud Boys. And he says it will continue and we will obtain, we will uh, continue with the rule of law for everybody. Really? I call BS. He doesn't want the rule of law for everybody. He wants the rule of law for his party. It's a completely partisan office. He has a partisan position, and he is after political opponents to benefit the Democrat Party, the extreme commie Democrats, as I like to call them. And pick up that term, man, the extreme commie Democrats. That's what it is. One of the jurors was questioned after a 61-year-old juror was after, after the conviction, and he was asked, what evidence convinced you that the Proud Boys had entered into seditious conspiracy. That's a serious charge. That's treason, basically. It's just, it's like just, it's just a hair length under treason. Seditious conspiracy. And this is what the, the juror had to say in the answer to that question. It was all the chatter, all the chats, Parter, Telegram, those Telegram text messages back and forth. Not just the chats, but also the private texts. I think that was what it boiled down to. And then this is key. What they had to say prior to January 6th and the fact they wanted to do so much in secret, and that's why the government couldn't present too much of the evidence that they had already deleted because it was unrecoverable. So they didn't... So... So they didn't, they definitely didn't want people to know. They didn't want everybody to know the plan, the Proud Boys, because then I guess it would have gotten out and they didn't want it to get out. So this person convicted on information he had not even seen. He convicted based off of text messages that they was not even presented at trial. They were not even put into evidence. They were told. There were all these text messages that were deleted and not recoverable. So obviously they wanted to keep something secret. Okay. Maybe they were talking about their girlfriends. Maybe they were talking about what they had for lunch. Maybe, maybe they were talking about who knows what. We don't know because the evidence doesn't exist. This juror and the other jurors there convicted these people for the rest of their lives they'll sp probably spend in prison based off of evidence they didn't even see. In fact, they were convicted because of evidence that couldn't be set, that could not be seen. Oh, you were trying to hide something, therefore you're guilty. We don't know what you're trying to hide because, well, it's unrecoverable and we can't actually see it and it was never introduced into evidence, but we were told that you're trying to hide something. Seriously? Is that the, is that the standard of, of guilt in today's United States of America? That 
if you delete messages or if you don't have messages, I mean, we're not talking, this is not a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife thing. These are people's lives we're dealing with, okay? So what if they deleted information? They could have just been clearing up memories on their phone. They don't know, but they went ahead and convicted them anyway based on information never seen and never presented into evidence. This is a pretty good analysis right here. Check it out. With breaking news, we have a verdict. <laughs> Joking. In the Proud Boys, the Dishes conspiracy trial. Let's get right to the courthouse. Our justice reporter, Ryan Riley, is outside that courthouse in Washington and still with us. Barbara McQuaid also joining us, MSNBC legal analyst Danny Savalos. First, Ryan, what do we know about this verdict? That's right. So we know there's at least a partial verdict uh, in the in this case here. The jury had sent uh, a note a couple of days ago sort of asking what they could do, and the judge instructed them that they could indeed uh, return a partial verdict uh, if, if, if necessary, if they are hung up on any uh, counts. So that seems like what we might have a situation here is that, you know, th this either could be a full verdict or a partial verdict. But given the jury's note before, we could be looking at, you know, potentially a partial verdict in this case. So remember, this case started really all the way back in December during jury selection, and uh, opening arguments were in early January. So, you know, we're now in May. So this has been a very long lasting trial that's stretched out over several months. Um, and, um, you know, jurors had a lot to they had to look at here. Uh, but I think one of the most complicated uh, questions for the jurors to ask uh, really had to do with Enrique Tario, who's the top the head of the. Yeah, Enrico Tario. What a bad, bad man. He wasn't, you know, wasn't that bad at all. All right, here's an analysis on the absolute truth. Pretty much summed up very well with Merrick Garland's statements. And I was reminded of that Pompey the Great, the, the Roman general saying, do not quote laws to we who hold swords. And, and I think that that was his culmination moment there, certainly with a far lower testosterone level than, uh, than General Pompey had. Uh, but to me, it seems like the, uh, this is a celebration of the government holding all the arms of power and utilizing every step of the way, the process to make that the, itself the punishment. And we can sit here and scream and holler about all the laws were violated, how the jury was tainted and how there were some nefarious intentions behind the judge's rulings when it came to making the defense clear its questions ahead of time with the prosecution and uses of informants improperly and monitoring communications between the defense and their and the defense attorneys and their their clients. So all these things are, are outside the bounds of regular jurisprudence. Uh, but at the end, uh, Merrick Garland kind of sums it up and he says, hey, we make the rules. We have all the power. What are you going to do about it? And that's what the liberals want is absolute power. The extreme commie Democrats will do anything to eliminate political opponents up to and including putting them in prison on trumped up charges. The Department of Justice has lost all respect, all right, and any appearance of nonpartisanship. They're not an independent council. They are not an independent office. They've been weaponized by the extreme commie Democrats to go after political opponents. It's plain and simple. Anybody who can exercise critical thought, have an open mind, open eyes, get your head out of CNN, get your head out of MSNBC, get your head out of every single part of mainstream media. Go search out podcasts. Go search out things on Substack. Go read things. Digest information. Be a student of what is going on. It's your country. Why wouldn't you?
You're just going to trust what the talking heads tell you. So many people out there nowadays live off headlines. They don't even they don't even read the stories. They don't even listen to the articles or watch the videos. They just look at the title and look at the headline, and then they form their entire life opinion and the future of this country based on that and that alone. And on that note, ah, delicious. It's a uh, it's horrible, man. It, it is it has become something. That is, uh, well, it's un-American, that's for certain. So Enrique Tarrio convicted of some very serious charges, including, uh, what is it called? Seditious conspiracy. Now, I think he was totally overcharged. I don't think he quite, I think he's innocent, all right? Granted, I was not in the courtroom for every single moment. In fact, it didn't receive nearly enough coverage. He's not the only one. Several other Proud Boys uh, convicted. And... Um, what does it mean? I don't think these guys were treated fairly at all. I'd like to bring in two defense attorneys who have been actively representing January 6th defendants. We have Joseph McBride, welcome back, from the McBride Law Firm, representing Big O as well as others, and Stephen Metcalf from Metcalf & Metcalf, represented Edward Jacob Lang. Gentlemen, uh, welcome to you both. First of all, uh, I think this is bad news. I mean, I, 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 I don't see it that way. I'm biased. Gentlemen, you're the professionals, and you're not representing Enrique, so your reaction first, Joseph. It's a sad day. I know that uh, those attorneys put in a lot of hard work, and Steve's right here. He can tell you they were on trial for at least four months. The D.C. jury pool is hostile. It's impossible. The level of vitriol and hatred for these people uh, cannot be overstated. It's a very sad day for our justice system. And, uh, you know, I feel that they, these guys have been robbed of justice. I want to... That's important to remember. And he brought up a good point there, is they do hate you. I, I say it regularly. They don't want to just silence you. They want you dead. Because without absolute power and absolute control, they can't bring in the new world order and the socialist utopia that they want everybody to live by. Jack Posobiec tweeted, clear now the Biden administration is going to charge Trump with seditious conspiracy. This is the end goal of the Garland grand jury and the Proud Boys convictions. GOP primary challengers are telling donors they are betting on taking them out of the race. So the rhinos and the uniparty Republicans that want to run for president, they are counting on him being taken out of the race by being charged with a crime of, of seditious conspiracy. Jesse Kelly also chimed in. He said something similar, and he also said, one of the Proud Boys is about to go away for 20 years, was not even in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Again, the details of what the government has been doing to January 6th people simply aren't known to many. So don't think you're safe. You're not. See, in the end, they want to come after all of us. It's not just the people who are there on January 6th. You understand, they, they just represent something. They represent a warning to other patriots out there, to people who are out there speaking the truth, who are promoting the truth, who want a free America, who believe in the Constitution, who believe in a representative republic. What they're doing to the Proud Boys and other J6 defendants and eventually to Donald Trump is a warning to everybody else. Don't you dare cross us. Don't you even think, don't you even think you have any sort of say in what's going to happen in American society? Because if you do, 
And if you speak up too loudly, we will, we will take you out. You will be punished for free thought, for free thinking. See, without, without a free society, you can't have control. So you must eliminate the freedom of the people. And they are all in right now. They're not even hiding it anymore. Not even hiding it. Justice Department intensifies efforts to determine if Trump hid documents. Now, isn't it, isn't it interesting? At the same time that the Proud Boys are convicted, you have a, apparently a confidential informant that worked at Mar-a-Lago while Trump was there who has become a source for the Department of Justice for the in, so-called uh, independent counsel, if you believe that the counsel's independent, man. Hmm, you've been smoking something that I'd like to get my hands on. But the timing of this, so the Proud Boys get convicted of seditious conspiracy just below treason, and now they all of a sudden have a new informant from within Mar-a-Lago who is supposedly going to spill the beans on whether Trump was hiding documents. See, what they're trying to, to establish as a link did, or excuse me, not Biden, Trump, did he, did he move the documents? Because we all know Biden was hiding documents. Anyway, did Trump move the documents after he was asked to secure them or after they were subpoenaed? Did he ask them to be moved to another room? Were they secure? Who took care of them? Who, were, who uh, had access to them? We all know Hunter Biden had access to Biden's documents in his garage in, in Delaware. Right? But that's okay. Don't worry about that. That's, that's no big deal. We want to know what Trump was doing with the documents because then they can, they can, they can charge him. Prosecutors investigating the former president's handling of classified material have issued a wave of new subpoenas, a whole bunch of new subpoenas, obtained the confidential cooperation of a witness who worked at Mar-a-Lago. Oh, what's the date on this article? Oh, look at that. May 4th. The same day the Proud Boys were convicted of seditious conspiracy. Why do they hate Trump so much? Well, I think we know why. I'm going to let Trump tell you himself. When I get back into the Oval Office, we will totally obliterate the deep state. We will... We will establish... A Truth and Reconciliation Commission to declassify and publish all documents on deep state spying, censorship, and corruption. They cannot let that happen. Because they know he will this time. See, he was still learning. He had a learning curve the first time he went in, and he didn't understand how deep the swamp was. It took him a while to figure it out. He kept himself surrounded by some people that were not his friends. They were, in fact, his enemies. He knows that now. And if he gets in a second term, he's going to blow it up. They cannot have that. That's why they're, that's why I'm, I'm certain. You know, I used to think, you know, yeah, you no, know, man, they're, they don't, they're not going to try to convict him. They're not going to charge him. They're not going to indict him. Now I, I'm not so sure. I think maybe they will. I think that's the end game. I believe, would, I, I agree with Jack Posobiec when he says, yeah, 
They're going to go after him for seditious conspiracy. They're going to charge him. And if they can, they will put him in prison. They will drag him in front of a kangaroo court in Washington, D.C., full of activist judges and activist jurors. And they will convict him of seditious conspiracy and put him in prison. Then what happens to this country? Pretty scary to think about, right? It's not going to be pretty. I'm going to move along here and touch on something I, I like to keep uh, tabs on every day. Gays Against Groomers, great site. These are uh, It's an organization of gay and queer that understand that sexualizing children is not, is not okay, right? They tweeted this. All we ask is that the alphabet mafia leave children alone, and it's really quite a reasonable request. It is a reasonable request, but they can't do it. These demons and are dead set on corrupting and destroying them, so we will defeat them the hard way, and we will defeat them. It's a great organization. Check them out. Uh, they're on Twitter and on Facebook, Gays Against Groomers. They have a website as well. But they, uh, I'd like to get a spokesperson for them on the show. Maybe, perhaps one of these days, I will. And um, it's going to be... This has to stop. It, you know, I don't care if you're queer... I don't care what you are. I don't agree with it. I wouldn't do it. But, you know, go ahead and live your life. Leave the children alone. Your fixation and fascination and obsession with children and the mutilation of children and the conversion of children is sickening. And it is evil. It's demonic. And to a large extent, it's parents that are virtue signaling, that are using their children as pawns to draw attention to themselves. Don't believe me? Here's another group that's out there. Parents of transgender children. My son got his second blocker yesterday. Yay. It was going great until the doctor came in to perform the procedure. The doctor was amazed, by the way. My son freaked out after the numbing cream, and after the numbing medicine was put in with the needle, he got so scared he refused to have the procedure. Luckily, Children's Hospital provided a child spe specialist to stay with us during the whole procedure. Her job was to calm him and distract him. It took over an hour of negotiation before he let the doctor continue. I literally bribed him with money. I bribed my child with money to allow puberty blockers to be put into his body. It was the most stressful hour plus. I was so scared he was going to, to not go through with it. And I just kept thinking of the consequences if he didn't. Oh, he might not actually, he might actually grow up normally. Oh, that'd be horrible. The medicine costs $43,000 plus the cost of the insertion packet. The medicine only lasts a few days once prepared to insert. So coming back to put him to sleep for the procedure would be unlikely. Not sure the insurance would approve it again. I am so proud of him that he went through with it and cannot believe how brave he is. The whole way home, he was crying because he was releasing his stress. He kept saying how it's just not fair that he has to do this. And he's right, it's not. What Do these people read back the things that they write and the things that they say? 
They continued, I really can't explain to my friends that don't have a trans child how stressful this was, so I thought I'd say it here. Being a parent of a trans child is not the same as just being a parent. Of course, it's not. You're special. You're a special parent. You get special treatment. You get special considerations. Your job is so much harder than other regular parents of normal children. Oh, Give me a break, man. World's smallest violin saying, hmm, F you. I don't know about you, but that, that all is pretty disgusting to me. And it smacks of child abuse. It smacks of manipulation and control and virtue signaling to the extreme when you will use your child to draw attention to yourself child clearly did not want it to happen, was crying afterwards because it did. And the parent attributes this to the fact that, oh, well, he's just trans. People just don't understand. Oh, we understand. You're effing crazy and unfit to be a parent. That's what we understand. All right, let's uh, get on. Uh, it's Fan Mail Friday, so here, here's a few of my favorites from this week. I don't know if they're my favorites, but uh, and you may not be able to read this. I, I need to. I need to try to make the comments um, a little bit bigger. But uh, this was Linda, and she said, "Whoever Nun is, not a good ambassador for the Red Farm or the Red Team." Yes, I said I'd prefer to my think. I prefer to think of myself as a bearer of truth. But here's our participation trophy. Does, is, this a, is this a dude? I mean, look at that. I don't know. Pause the video and, and take a close look. I mean, is that a dude? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Maybe we'll never know. Maybe they don't even know. Maybe they change their minds on a regular basis. Elliot Bard said, if Republicans would stop saying the border is wide open, maybe they wouldn't come here. Okay, Elliot. So in other words, if Republicans would stop telling the truth, you'd be happy? Mm-hmm. These people don't see the absurdity of the things that they say. I don't think they ever read, read, read them. They probably think they're being profound. Dan said, the right, the right is the one banning books. Don't talk to me about communism. I replied, where do you draw the line at banning books for children? Penthouse or Hustler? We're not banning books. We're banning age-appropriate material that should not be presented to grade school children. This fellow had the same argument. He is a special character, this guy. Funny, but it's not the socialist Democrats who are banning books. And he went on on this, this whole little rant. He got a lot of laughy faces. And again, I said, where do you draw the line on banning books, penthouse or hustler? I did give him a participation trophy, even though he's a freak. Um, The none better take of the day is this. First of all, again, happy Mexican Appropriation Day. Don't get too crazy out there. Don't go shooting tequila. I've got, if you missed the first part of the show, this is a high-quality sipping tequila. It's not meant to get hammered on. It's meant to feel nice and warm as it goes down and on the inside, okay? But you have... 
a border that's out of control. Title 42 is about to end. You have a million illegals from around the world, most from uh, South America, China, the Middle East. They're getting ready to flood across the border here in a week. Many of them are coming into El Paso already to where they've had to declare a state of emergency. Tens of thousands. Just imagine you lived in a small town and bam, all of a sudden, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 illegals were just there. That's what's happening every single day down on the southern border to, to many of the towns and many of the border crossings. You have buses coming up from Panama, big, huge tour buses, air conditioning, everything full of illegals. Who's paying for this? Is it George Soros? I think that the U.S. taxpayer is paying a lot of it through non-governmental organizations, NGOs. So we're, we, the government gives money and grants to the NGOs, and the NGOs go and hire these buses, provide supplies, provide uh, you know water and clothing, cell phones, so they can go to the app and declare asylum. This is not America. You can't. We can't continue this flood of people across the border. We just can't. It's not sustainable. 4% of the population of the United States has been replaced just since Biden took office. The great replacement theory is not a theory. It's real. It's actual. And it's happening right now. You have the Proud Boys getting convicted of sedition conspiracy. And this is just setting the table. They are, they are pawns in a game, a real-life game of thrones where the end goal is to put President Trump in jail. They're tying the Proud Boys to con uh, seditious conspiracy They've got all kinds of J6 prisoners. They, now all of a sudden they have an informant that was in Mar-a-Lago who witnessed the moving of documents, supposedly. So they can tie Trump to hiding documents and they're also subpoenaing, subpoenaing more people that I'm sure they want to get testimony out of that can tie Trump to directing their so-called insurrection that happened. So... Jack Posobiec believes it. A lot of other people that are in the know that are usually pretty spot on are, are starting to talk about the same thing. I can't even believe this is happening in this country, but they are after their political opponents. They are determined to put into jail a former president of the United States because he is a political opponent. This is the kind of shit you see happening in third world countries. Because they know that if Donald Trump gets back in, they are done. He will... He knows what the swamp is now. He knows how deep it is. He knows how far down he is to dive to pull the plug and drain it. And I hope that he does. Hope that he does. He's got my vote for sure. If somehow he doesn't last the primary process, whoever the Republican candidate is will get my vote. But I'm a MAGA guy. I'm a Trump voter and patriot through and through and proud of it. Got no problem saying so right here. You have parents that are using their children to draw attention to themselves and virtue signal about how great they are. In fact, it's harder to be a parent of a trans child than to be a parent of a normal child. So you're saying that your child's not normal? Why is it harder to be a parent of your child? Oh, well, because they're under attack and because, you know. No. You know, your child needs to be comforted and loved and let them express who they are as children without making irreversible changes 
to their biology and their mental health. You know, be a parent, be responsible, be an adult, be a serious person. Anyway, thanks for watching. If you've just been listening on the radio, renegaderadio.com or any of the podcast channels, make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report. You can catch the video and everything I put up and also my cool sombrero and my nice Mexican blanket. These are authentic, by the way. They're from, they were purchased in Mexico and not at one of the tourist destinations, but from like real shops and stuff. And they're hanging out here in my house and it's Cinco de Mayo. I thought, man, I'm going to throw them on. I'm going to drink a little tequila, by the way. Uh, Huradura uh, Legend is a great sipping tequila that's in a mid-price range. It's, it's not, you know, 500 a bottle. It's, it's, in, the, it's in the 200 range. And um, this is not something you shoot. You're not going to drink this to get hammered. You're going to drink it to get warm and fuzzy inside as it goes down and you feel the warmth just come down and then spread throughout your core. It's a cool way to sip and drink tequila if you're into that. If you're not, you know, that's good too. Anyway... You can catch me on all the socials at The Nun Report, except for TikTok, because I don't do that commie BS. Or just go to my website, thenunreport.com. One stop, one shop. All right? Anyway, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.